Hey guys, happy February 11th, 2021, and happy new moon in Aquarius tonight. Um, This is a wonderful time to, uh, you know, manifest, write down the things that you want to achieve and do and manifest by the next full moon, and um you know, take the steps to, to get it, you know, going, you know, you have to always take some steps unless to see that manifestation come through. And I just want everyone to know that to use this energy to basically be your authentic self. And what I mean by that is don't be afraid to be you. Like, don't be afraid, you know, Aquariuses are um, connected to aliens because they like to be, you know, free and be their own selves and have their own style. They don't like to coordinate, um, you know, their, their appearance or anything like everyone else. They're very unique and they're very, um, they have their own style. And so with that, that's the same with personality traits, you know, like, don't be afraid to be you be you fully, you know, and don't be afraid to achieve your goals, express yourself, you know, and how you feel true, you know, truly. Don't be afraid to even make new friends and gather with your, you know, like your friends, not to be unsafe or anything. Of course, make sure you're not sick or anything, but just have fun with your friends and communicate with them and work together. You know, this is just a really good energy for that. I feel like Aquarius is just important for communication and everything else, you know, plus we're in a Mercury retrograde in Aquarius. We have six planets in Aquarius, guys. Like this is a, this is a stellium. This is high energy right now. So it's best to take so much advantage of it, you know, of communicating. I know I keep saying that, but that's part of the air element. And also, you know, fixed energy. The positive side of fixed energy is, you know, being your own self, you know, writing down your goals and then making the steps to to get it done, you know, being, you know, being the one that when there there are ideas, you're the ones like, okay, this is what we're going to do, you know, have a plan, like make it happen. This is like one of the best things to me of fixed energy, but what we don't want to do is also be stubborn, you know, judgmental, um, only focused on, you know, yourself. You know, you want to also focus on the collective as well, how to make the collective, you know, as a whole better, how to bring something that you're passionate about or something that you want to create, like your own business or something that can help others. It's really powerful energy that we have right now. And I just hope that we're not, you know, wasting it. And I feel that, you know, um, I don't know, it's just an amazing time right now. It's it's something that hasn't happened in, I think, like, what, hundreds of years or something like that. So why not just use it, you know? And if you have a hard time, if you feel fearful and everything, I think, you know, I know I use crystals for healing and everything, And of course, I'm not saying, oh, use this crystal and all your worries will be magically gone. Like, no, it enhances 
either the energy that you want to put out or it'll it'll help bring that kind of energy to you. So like if you're feeling afraid and everything and you're trying to manifest, you know, citrine, citrine will boost confidence. Same with tiger's eye. It will boost confidence. It will help you get stuff done. It'll help, you know, regulate you from being afraid and manifesting your dreams pretty much like every, like being creative, especially for centering and even tiger's eye, it really helps enhance that creativity. But also if you, you know, want to communicate better, aquamarine, anything blue pretty much, but aquamarines are great. Lapis lazuli is a wonderful one. I mean, that's what I'm wearing now, at least for bracelets. For my bracelets, I have a lapis lazuli um, and pyrite mix, even though pyrite is also in lapis. And I'm wearing a um, a citrine bracelet, as well as an onyx bracelet that has hematite on it. And I get my bracelets from, I don't know if you guys heard of Wax and Wayne Jewelry, but I love it. To me, it's authentic, you know, stones. And um, it's, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's really, I feel like it's worth the price. It's not horribly pricey, but it's, it's like, I know, I want to say my citrine one was either 35 or 45, or maybe that was the lapis. One of them was, because my lapis has like a little skull, a skull lapis on it too, is really cute. But um, I wear these, you know, like, because right now I'm just trying to harness all of the creativity and manifesting everything that I wrote down on my um, list for the new year. Um, I also um, wear a blue fluorite as well for communication. Uh, that's a pendant though. Um, but yeah, all that kind of stuff, aquamarines and everything is great, especially around mercury retrogrades. It'll help keep, you know, your, um, it'll help your communication not be, you know, like misconstrued and all that stuff. But it, for me, it enhances certain things for me and I'm really sensitive, um, to crystal healing. That's why I feel like it's one of the things that's, um, worked very well for me. Um, in medical astrology, I, I actually had read on um, moon signs and what, you know, different types of practices kind of work for them. Um, and as a Pisces moon, it said that Pisces moons can be very sensitive to different kinds of healing, like herb healing, which I work with, and, and it does work for my body very well. Herbal healing, like teas, like I do herbal teas and everything. Um crystals, those kind of things, even, um, uh, even like, you know, like, um, you know, cards and stuff like that. But if you haven't heard, um, I believe I said it in the first Aquarius special, um, the Aquarius special, uh, episode, the, the part one, uh, I, I don't, I no longer work with those anymore. Um, I was doing Oracle cards and I was doing tarot cards of recent, but um, for some reason, and, you know, I, I'm just sensitive to that kind of stuff. I feel like the energy, I, I just, I don't know what it was. But as I mentioned, I felt like I was getting like a very negative energy slash, I don't know, spirit felt like I was trying, like something was trying to possess me. I did not like it. It was an energy that, um, that made me have severe panic attacks. And I could never understand why. Um, 
it would happen, but I noticed it kept happening after, um, when was the last reading? Like around basically, um, I would say September, um, but it got worse within um, October, November. I didn't know that at the time. I just thought, oh, maybe it's something, you know, like, which it was, but I have finally healed and moved on from what was bothering me. And then I noticed like the last two recent times it would happen really bad. Like, I mean, it would feel like something seizing my chest. I like, I couldn't breathe and I'm going numb. My brain feels numb. Like I'm going to pass out. And every single time that happened of recent, I noticed it was when I was doing those energy reads, not only for the podcast, but for myself. So I'm no longer playing with those anymore. I feel like, you know, I'm not saying anyone else should. It's really up to you, but make sure what you're contacting is, I don't know, or make sure that the whatever energy is around you is feeding it to good people, I guess, because it's just, it was very weird. And, um, it really scared me. And then there was one card that I kept getting quite often. And, you know, it, I, you know, I believe in spirit guides and, you know, angels and all that stuff. Um, and for some reason I felt like it was not like, I kept getting the card that your, your spirit guides are, um, are surrounding surrounding you. I got that like a few times and this was for my own personal readings that I was doing. And so I was like, oh, you know, like maybe that's, you know, that's a good thing, I guess. But maybe it's not. <laughs> for particularly me, not anyone else, maybe it's not. Maybe it was maybe it was spirit guides, but a, not a good one that had my best interests at hand. So, um yeah, uh, that was it for me the last time I read. And like I mentioned, um, instead of, I'm still going to do the Astro deck cards because those are not, um, I mean, you can use them for predicting stuff, but I don't, uh, it, it's for that or either it's for understanding astrology better, which is what I use it for. And so, um, I'll still be using those. And then instead of doing energy reads, I'm going to do affirmation cards for the seasons. Um, I already did the Aquarius reading. So for Pisces and so forth is going to be affirmation uh, season readings. So that maybe you guys could journal to, you know, um, I use them to journal and I think it's a great start off uh, for a prompt, especially if you have a hard time just journaling anything. Um, it's a great start off. And then eventually, you know, I get into more other you know, like personal things and things I want to achieve and all that good stuff. But, <laughs> um, as you guys know, uh, why I'm here. So astro- uh, astrology, Aquarius season is almost coming to an end. It ends next, I want to say Friday, the 19th or no, the 18th rather, because Pisces is the 19th. So it ends actually next Thursday. And because, as I as you guys know, I'm still not in my house yet. I'm in my car, and it's actually snowing. <laughs> I'm in nature, so it's really beautiful. Uh, it's snowing here in Washington. But um, I'm here because I want to go ahead and record the Aquarius man, um, sex and relationship. 
Um, I know that's a really big favorite of everyone that listens to the podcast. Um, but I noticed a lot of you are really, really the whole Aquarius season. I feel like, um, a lot, you know, I've gotten even more like listen, listen, listeners to that. Sorry. I'm like, ugh, tongue tied anyways, but yeah. So I, I'm wondering, is it because, probably because obviously the whole Aquarius stellium, but I think that's amazing. Like if you're new here, welcome. I really, I really love everyone that listens to this. I really appreciate you guys. Cause it allows me to do things, you know, that I love. And then I feel like we're kind of like a little family here. Like we're just all kind of learning together. Um, I know I, you know, I don't edit cause I don't know how for one and two, I I don't know how, and I don't have the, you know, the things for it. Like I truly record off of my iPhone and my AirPods. Um, I eventually want to start purchasing, you know, like quality mics and things that I need that will help me edit. Um, I don't even really know because, you know, I just started this podcast during quarantine and I realized that, you know, as the listeners and everyone started to grow, I realized like, wow, people actually, you know, are listening to me and, you know, are obviously you must be into the same stuff that I am. And so I want to start doing it more. And I enjoy, you know, that we all can, you know, like I said, learn together and just, you know, kind of, it's almost like having a group of friends from far away. Like everyone's around the globe, like literally it has, it has exploded where I have like, listeners in Sweden, like, and Norway, and, you know, Africa, and Asia, and everywhere, guys, I'm about to cry, I don't want to cry, I'm sorry, I just get, like, so heartfelt, and um, I just, you know, I just want to do more things to, you know, like, help with you guys, um, I, I'm really trying to get myself in the means of being able to do that. Like I want to start a Patreon um, and make it worth you guys to, if you want to support the podcast, you know, I don't want to just be like, Oh, here, you know, support me and not do anything for it. You know, of course it's going to be at a very cheap price. I think the highest tier that I'm going to do is like five and I want to, you know, like $5 maybe, or could even be seven, but I'm thinking of just doing, um, extra uh, podcasts for that, for people who want to subscribe, or I may even just do it for a dollar, you know what I mean? Uh, Just do it for a dollar, and because I'm thinking we're coming toward an end to, um, like, I know the sexuality book, definitely. Um, I think I started this book in Leo season, so we have um, well, I mean, it's going to be a while, of course. So once it gets to cancer, cause I think I started cancer season and then, you know, I never, I was reading this book during cancer and I didn't, at the time I was really new to podcasting. So I went way over the time mark and it didn't record anything. And then I did it again and then it deleted it when I would, when I tried to publish it. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll just start it with Leo season. So yeah, cancer season will be the last for this book. And, um, eventually, uh, for the kickoff seasons, uh, like, you know, um, that's going to be the end of that one. And so 
I don't want to just focus on sun signs on this podcast. You know, like I said, we're all learning together. And the next one I'm thinking of doing is either rising signs because you guys, I have tons of book books on everything. I mean, some of them go back quite a bit because you know I'm a person who enjoys reading. I love to read. I've been stud I've been studying astrology um, since I was 12 years old, and um, it was mainly though around that time was mainly sun signs. So I didn't really know much about risings and moon signs until. Um, gosh, I think like 2017, like 2017, 2018-ish, I think, but I think it was 2017 is when I started hearing about like moons and risings. I was like, oh, wait, what is this? Is this new astrology? What is this? And then I came to found out that, um, we have a whole, like a whole last chart. I just thought that it was just I'm a Libra, that's it, you know, but once I started really digging into that, I bought lots of books about, you know, them singly, you know, I have books that explain the whole thing, um, but I actually have books that is all about risings, and it'll give you how, like, how your personality is and everything by, like, let's say if you're, like, like me, like a Libra sun, Leo rising, like for the whole entire Zodiac wheel. And I think that would be really beneficial because that's something you just don't really hear people talk about the most. Everything, if you think about it, it's just way more on um, sun signs. And like I said, sun signs are great and everything, but (laughs) we got a whole ass chart, y'all. And I think we need to dig more into that. Um, Moon signs too are very important, but you you will hear more of moons then you do the risings and stuff. And so, of course, I'm going to do moons because moon, like I said, moon and rising to me is even more important than the sun sign, in my opinion, because as you know, we all know rising is what other people see. It's the mask we wear pretty much. Um, the moon sign is pretty much the real you. It's your emotions and how you react and everything. It's the side that only you allow people that you are truly in love with and trust to see you in that vulnerable, vulnerable state. The sun sign is just our ego, you know, the way we love and stuff like that, just because you're a fucking, let's say, a Virgo sun, and let's say you love when guys give you lots of attention and kind of adore you and do things for you. You could be a Leo, like, let's say uh, you're a Virgo sun, but you have a Leo Venus, you know what I mean? Like, it all shows up in different ways, you know, like maybe when you get shit done, you know, you're very like fixed when you're working on something, you're very um, fixed and getting it done and passionate about it and not finishing, not stopping until you finish this particular thing. You could be have, you could be a Scorpio Mars, like, you know, different things when, when you want to do something, you're impulsive and you do it like that, Aries, Mars or something. So it just all counts. And I want to be able to take this podcast and use it in that aspect. So like, let's say once this is done, I want to move into, like I said, either risings or moon. And, um, I also have another sex book. Cause I'm also going to like still 
this podcast was meant to be about relationships, but I wanted, I kind of like wanted to do like an astrology relationship. So we're still going to keep that aspect. I still want to talk about sex and everything else. Cause I think it's important. I think it's fun to read about, you know, the sex of like certain Zodiac signs and everything. Everyone wants to know that you can't say you don't. Cause that was one of the things that me and my friend did when we were younger when we were studying um, astrology and stuff, we love seeing like compatibilities and sex and stuff like that. So yeah, so what I was also thinking was like, if I do the um, the Patreon, um, I had mentioned that I wanted to do herbs and stuff like that, but I have to wait till I get my certificate because I want to make like teas for, you know, like certain zodiac signs all that good stuff and like planets and all that you know all of that stuff but I want to make sure I'm studied before I do that so in the meantime um I will probably do if you know like a tier that's just a dollar if you just want to support you know just to be like hey I'm here you know that's fine um but if I do like a five dollar one I will do um yeah like I'm thinking about either making the moon uh, section Patreon only or um, the rising one of them. I don't know. We'll see. We will see about that. Um, I want to make it affordable for everyone and stuff. And because I'm going to use that money most likely to put to put back into like other things I can do for you guys, like maybe some merch or something like that. Like you know, some crystals or something for, you know, each zodiac sign and stuff I think you guys would enjoy, like things like that. So um, more to come on stuff like that. I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out. Do you know, I'm a Libra, I'm so indecisive. And so when I fall upon a decision, I'll be like, oh, that'll be perfect. And I'm like, well, maybe they won't like that. And I just think too hard. I overanalyze, hashtag Virgo Mars. Um, it's a mess. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it, guys, but um, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into the Aquarius man, who is known as the sign of sexual evolution. Dates are January 21st to February 19th, and it says the Aquarius man, the visitor, <laughs> interesting by the way if you did not know uh this is sexuality the astrology of sex and the sexes by starsky and cox um this is what i read from and yeah let's go ahead and jump in so aquarius man the visitor aquarius man is the most estranged character in the zodiac he exudes an air of detachedness and an ironic symptom of his sign's infamous association with human liberty on a one-to-one -one level, he feels set apart from others. While he is often predisposed to belonging to a larger set, social group, class, or even a philosophical ide ideology, for much of his youth, Aquarius is considered a bit of a freak, eccentric in his signature offbeat perceptions and predilections. Still, though, he starts out feeling like an oddity. Aquarius develops into a social vanguard, capable of breaking existing, ex, uh, existing molds and conjuring new ways of viewing the world. The roster of Aquarians is rolled with revelatory thinkers and scientists who, who were ridiculed for their ideas before being recognized as ver, vertib, vertible seals. 
Indeed, Aquarius has a power to glimpse truths that are yet to be proven as if gazing into the future. Thus, he is the consummate man of conviction, no matter how outrageous his belief system and his signature utopian notions are often catching. The most adept guru or cult leader, <laughs> Aquarius demeanor says, I know something you don't know. As such, potential mates fall under the demigod slash demagogus spell. To women, he seems sordid and self-sufficient in a sea of unstable men, only to exhibit his notoriously skewed, if not sordid, side in the sack. Typically cautious of other men, he tends to prefer no-strings sexual bonds, taking his sweet time, and sometimes never settling into a steady relationship. Now, you see why all those other times... <laughs> All the other times when I was talking about Aquarius men, how they are the they are the top at the zodiacs at, in the zodiac signs as the situationship, because I'm telling you they're also known as the most detached sign of the zodiac. Aquarius men don't fuck around like they are mysterious. They really are. They they're mysterious. They're sexy. Um, they do have like a, a nice, like, I don't know, like almost, you know how it said seers, you know, people who can see like really good with their intuitions and can kind of like foresee things. They kind of have that, that exudes them, um, where it's just like, they do seem like they, they know something that you don't like there. It's like they're one step ahead somewhat, you know? kind of mysterious in a way, but not in the way of a Scorpio, in my opinion, or a um, a Capricorn, because I feel like Capricorns are somewhat mysterious too, until you get to know them, you have to really get to know them for them to open themselves up to you, but Aquarius men, I'm not gonna lie, like I said, I know a few, and a lot of the ones that I do know, they're um, very attractive, <laughs> they're very sexy, um, they know how to get, get a woman, um, and the sad thing is they'll get them and then they'll kind of like, they, they take a very long time to kind of open up, um, even sometimes sexually, you know what I mean? They'll be like, wait, no, you know, which you guys got to admit it drives women crazy when guys do that. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Like, one of the ways, like, story time for a second, one of the ways uh, one of my exes got me was because he faked, like, not that he wasn't interested, but he faked like he was in control of his, you know, of his libido, of his sexuality, like, he made it seem like, like, I'm used to guys, like, when I would go on dates, I'm used to guys always trying to grab tits, or trying to, like, kiss you in seconds, and, you know, and hold your hand, and touch your body, touch your ass, and shit, that's, like, an automatic turnoff for me, I don't like when a fucking man thinks that just because, oh, um, so-and-so did this on the last date, I'm gonna start touching on her, like, bitch, no, <laughs> like, I'm not that kind of bitch, um, I'm the kind of girl that if I don't have any, um, chemistry with you, I don't, I don't want to kiss you. I don't want to hold hands. Like I need to get to know you to see where this will be going. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, it's crazy as fuck. 
but it's like, um, I don't thrive on like love bombing and, you know, people who are like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful to try to get you to be like, oh my God, you know, like some people thrive off that. And that's why it's weird because I'm a Leo rising and I just, I don't fucking thrive off that because I feel like, is that all that you see? Like, can you not see past like my beauty or my attractiveness to you? Is that all I have for you? Because that's fading guys. Like ladies, I'm telling you, it's okay to be beautiful and want to look good, you know, more power to us. You know what I mean? Because it's like you, if you, if you look good, you feel good about yourself, but it's not going to last forever. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is we all age. That's known to any, anybody who is a human being. We all age, and eventually, if you're with someone who's only with you for how you look, you're not going to fucking last long, right? Like, it's, let's just be real. You're not going to fucking last long because there's always up-and-coming younger women, you know, and I feel so sad for, you know, women, and I'm not knocking anyone who gets Botox and fillers and all that bullshit, but you know, do you do what you want to do? You have it. Great. You don't. Great. I don't, you know, that's your choice, but it's really, it's really, it's really sad to see really young girls, like girls in their fucking like late teens to early twenties getting this shit when they're already at, they're at their prime. Like you are at your prime in the age of 19, 18, 19, 20, 21. So why, why are you trying to look young when you're already young and you naturally look like that? You know what I mean? And I hear like some people like, they're like, oh, it's prevention. But it's like, can't you allow yourself to kind of get like, I get like, if you see like one wrinkle and you're like, okay, that's prevention to me. If you don't have none of that shit, you gotta understand your face and everything is still changing in your twenties. Like, for all you know, you, you, you may not have to even worry about that, or it may come later in life. Cause I'm telling you wrinkles and all that bullshit, you can eat a good ass nutrition and avo- like not completely avoid it, but it'll take way longer for your body to start showing wrinkles and all that shit. If you have a healthy whole food diet, like if you're eating like fucking shit, like Taco Bell every day and stuff like that, of course, you're going to be fucking wrinkled within the age of 25 you know, if you're fucking smoking to death and shit, yeah, of course, you're gonna be more likely to have wrinkles and shit, and not knocking people who smoke, I'm just saying this is truth, and these are facts, but it's just, yeah, I don't know how I got on a tangent from Aquarius, (laughs) I think, oh my god, I'm so sorry, but I'm sorry, um, I just wanted to say that, but, um, yeah, just, you know, yeah, you just don't want to date someone who's only with you for your looks. Like I said, it's not going to last long. When you hit about the age of 30, you know, they're going to be looking for someone who's 20, you know, and so forth. They'll always do that. They'll take the best years of your life. And then when you start looking old, they don't want you no more. And they go for the next young bitch. And then so forth after that. And then so forth after that until they pass away. You know, and it's just like, 
you want someone who, um, who wants you for like, like, of course, yeah, they think you're beautiful or pretty, but you want someone who also notices your heart and your mind. And that's the shit that I go for is a man who is into my mind and my heart. Um, and all that good stuff. Anyways, I don't even know how I forgot how that went from Aquarius men to like all that shit. Uh, but yeah, they're just, they take a long time to open up and they're very detached. And one of the things that, um, one of the things that will happen, and I can tell you now that, um, if you're with an Aquarius guy, um, they're going to need their space. And that means, because you know how fucking air signs are, air signs, we, especially if we're not open to commitment and we start getting scared because we're actually falling for you sometimes, we will fall off the place of the earth, the face of the earth, not the place, not text you for like five days, not answer your calls. We go completely ghost and, you know, that's just kind of how it happens. And we come back when either we're ready or we've decided that, yeah, we may want to be with this person or we're really missing this person. Um, if you guys think you've experienced a really bad one, Aquarius are the worst with that. Um, Libras don't really, uh, fall off. We don't fall off the face of earth that long. Maybe like, I would, I would give us like maybe two days. Um, Gemini's, um, maybe like two to three, but an Aquarius, and I've heard from many people, um, sometimes, some has like gone, like gone off the grid for like two weeks, seven days, that kind of shit. So yeah, but let's go ahead and read and see what they say about these guys, right? So sex and sexuality. In a world where men are programmed to assert some sort of personal agenda, sexual or otherwise, the Aquarius seems not to fall prey to the machinations. Oh my God, they have such long words, hard to pronounce. The machinations of his own libido. In a nod to his Galahad archetype, he quite simply seems beyond sex, far more obliviously focused on his lofty ideals. Um, aspirations and a signature need to feel above the fray of base human experiences. From from a perspective of outside objectivity, which is the perspective the zodiac the zodiacal visitor has of his own self, a person di- driven by sensation, emotions, or even hormones is unsightly. He takes absolute control of his desires and makes damn sure they never show. Aquarius prides himself on being an evolved man. However, what he often ends up doing is simply repressing his natural physical, sensual, and sexual urges until they reemerge in some alternate albi controlled form. But like Galahad, Aquarius believes you can't grab the chalice of immortality and achieve some heavenly form of idealized existence if you allow yourself to be weighted down by desire or attachment of any kind. His apparent lack of sexual beasts beastliness makes a proportion a potential partner feel that she's found someone special a man who who is head and shoulders above the rest this of course is what Aquarius wants most just as he became accustomed to being labeled odd as a kid 
he now hopes to cash in on his exceptional status in adulthood. What he wants and what he promises a would-be mate is not ordinary love. He is therefore rather a tough catch to land, generally giving off the impression he's unavailable, if not completely out of one's league. So yes, um, that's why um, if you really love or really like Aquarius, you're going to have to be patient as fuck. And um, for that reason, because um, a lot, if you don't know the Aquarius, they do come off, like I said, they have, um, well, I know for the women mainly, the women have the resting bitch face, but the men kind of look like they are, they have like this, um, what do you call it? Like this, I'm better than you kind of look like they're, like they're just above you kind of you know, like, they'll talk and everything, but it's, like, almost like they can't be bothered, you know what I mean, unless you really get deep down, uh, or you really click with them, you know, because I've had some, I've known some Aquarius men that are very kind of to themselves, and if you don't know the stuff that they're into or talking about and stuff, then they're not really interested in talking with you, but if you find one that you have a lot in common with and you guys both talk about something that they both are passionate about or they like and everything, then they can get very deep and be an amazing person to have a wonderful conversation uh, with. And so um, because that they're so focused on what they want, it's almost kind of like, I don't know, like they're, I was just saying, it's like they just like fold their dick up and (laughs) And it just goes inside their body and they're like like a like an alien. You know, like you see aliens, drawn aliens that have no penis sticking out. They're just like, um I don't know if the word androgynous is, is the word. I could be wrong. I'm so sorry if I am. But it's like they just they don't focus on that kind of stuff until you probably get deep down to the point where they want to, you know, which we'll find out. So let's go ahead and continue. As a rule, suitors of both sexes tend to throw themselves at the Aquarian man as he seems anything less than an overt play for his attentions mightn't register on what is perceived to be his above-it-all nature. The Aquarius had, had not altogether unconsciously makes people feel base for having sexual feelings for him. But this is a bit of a ploy. Astrology's Galahad typical isn't a pure and beyond sex as he would let others believe. Indeed, no male has a sleazier side albeit a highly secretive one on any given day he might be patting some pretty women some pretty woman on the back with an air of better luck next time as he lets down lets her down easily making her feel she's fallen short while on any other night he might more pointedly slap and tickle some playthings perhaps even a paid one when it comes to living publicly with a person he insists on maintaining an exalted position he expects worship not as the attractive beefcake Torian Adonis does, but in a far more lofty manner. The zodiac Ganymede de- demands near immoral uh, immortalization, <laughs> and a mate must put and keep Aquarius on so high a pedestal that he feels tribute is continually being paid by the sheer virtue of the bond's existence. He won't play on the ground as some mere mortal, rather, he requires bucket loads of esteem. 
On one hand, he needs a blind devotee, but on the other, it must be someone he de- he deems of similarly high quality, or else his or her opinions won't count for much in his mind. He expects to be worshipped by something of a goddess or god who likewise inspires a kind of awe in others. When when in a bond with the Aquarian male, all other power couples will pale in comparison. For this reason alone, Aquarius is often labeled a parvenu, a seeming a seeming social climber who seeks to marry above his station. Though this may often be true, it is symptom rather than the cost of his efforts. As Aquarius makes little distinction between his utopian social visions and what might strike him as a cushy societal heaven capable of being the people's prophet while still out for personal profit, he is often accused of being venial like Ganymede, up for grabs the most flesh bitter. If if and when he does marry someone, some social high priestess or professional mover shaker, he will typically see her fade into the background, trading her own status for the mantle of his chief dis- disciple. Having a calculated system for success, Aquarius must convert a woman to his programming and reinforce his every whim with affirmative nods. He can, of course, live a life of debate or even open discussion of his ideas, which from instant he thinks them must be immediately set as solid fact in stone. So I don't know who Ganymede is. Um, I've heard of it, but I can't remember who they are. And they usually, um, they usually, uh, let's see. I'm going to look it up right now. Let's see. They usually put each zodiac with a mythology. So I'm going to look that up. So it says Ganymede was a Trojan prince in Greek mythology known for his beauty. Oh. He was the son of the king Tros of Dardania, after whom Troy took its name. And Calirho, according to a myth, Zeus turned into an eagle and abducted Ganymede, bringing him to the Mount Olympus. Oh, okay. So wait, this is the actual symbol of Aquarius. That's why I thought I heard this before. I was like, something is weird. So this is the actual water bear. This is this is your symbol. Ganymede is the man the man that's that's holding um the the vase with water in it, the Aquarius symbol. So that's why I was kind of like lost. I was like, no, I've heard this fucking um thing before. But yeah, he was apparently very like very good looking. And so he um I believe he pours the god's water so that he can keep his uh his beauty and immortality, maybe I think, something like that. But yeah, something related to that. But let's go ahead and continue. There is nobody whom the Aquarian male thinks is out of his league. His self-conviction thus becomes a secret to securing relationships with the most eligible bachelorettes on the planet, even when he himself is less than a looker. That's what comes from seeing yourself as a god. Astrology has often made the mistake of describing the water bearer as socially liberated and sexually emancipated, as well as living life as if we were staged in the 1960s commune. Certainly, if such a lifestyle were a particular Aquarian man's vision, then it would unfold in actuality. But the real point is that Aquarius feels free to envision the world according to whatever his individual utopian ideal might be. 
and everything and everybody must then conform to this perception. Or he simply cuts them out of the picture. So I remember why I went on a tangent. And what I was trying to say was, um, because Aquarian men are able to basically control their sexual desires and stuff, from what this says, um, it it draws a woman to them. And for the men that are listening to this podcast, I kid you not, <laughs> nothing makes a woman more horny than if a guy is like not all over her sexually. At least, I don't know, maybe that's just my perception, but when a guy can actually withhold himself and not be like all over you, it's it's like different, you know what I mean? Like I had mentioned one of my exes did that and I was like, oh my God, I was like, am I, am I like ugly or something? He's not all over me, right? And I was like wondering this. I was like, he's like not all over me. Am I ugly? Do I smell bad? Even though I knew I was looking fucking sexy as shit, but I was like, I'm not used to this. And for some reason I was like raging with like fucking horniness. Like my fucking vagina was on fire. Like I shouldn't say on fire, but it was like pulsating. And you guys know how that is, you know, like, like it just needed to explode with like dick. And so, um, I was just like, man, I was like, I don't know what it is. It's so attractive, you know, like we're actually talking and getting to know each other. And then come to find out like, like later on, once, once we started dating, um, I had kind of like, he had, well, actually he had brought it up and unfortunately this guy was not, um, he was not an Aquarius either. Um, but he, he said, oh, uh, we were talking about something. He was like, oh, how do you think I um, got you? And I was like, uh, because you were like chill as fuck and made me laugh and everything. And, you know, we had great conversation. He was like, no, he was like, I could tell he was like, I could tell that you were a woman who was used to guys being all over her. So he (laughs) said, and I quote, he made sure he jacked off like seven times the, like right before we came to hang out so that he wouldn't be horny so that, you know, he could, you know, get me like that. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of a smart move, I guess. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I get turned off, like I said, easily with that. And so anyway, that's how, um, fucking Aquariuses are because notice how out of, out of every fucking, um, sign and I have, you know, like the women who come talk to me or have advice about, oh, why is, you know, he's an Aquarius. How come this and that? And that's because like, they're, they don't commit and women for some reason are willing to be in situationships with these guys. Like they will do all this shit, like a wife for this dude and not even be dating him. And most of the men that women do that for are Aquariuses. So they, it's like, they got fucking game. They know what they're doing. And it's like, because they're so sophisticated and, you know, like they're good at mind. I don't know. They're good at fucking with your mind. So they make it seem like being in a situationship is like, oh, that's fine. You know, like this and that, even though the girl wants to commit, because if you don't want to commit great grand, fine. But a lot of these girls want to date this, this type of man, you know, the Aquarius man. And they're like, but he's not committing. He's this and that. 
And I was like, that's because, you know, like he knows what he's doing. He's getting to do all this shit without committing to him so that he doesn't bother. And then then like one of them will be like, well, he won't commit with me. We've been like, we've been basically um, together, but not like, you know, an official couple for, I think it was like three years. And she was like, but then he keeps going and showing this other girl, you know, like taking her on dates and doing all this stuff for her. And I was like, well, I, you know, I wonder why, because she probably has boundaries. You know, she's not going to allow him to treat her like, you know, like basically, I don't know. She's just not going to allow her. She's not going to be doing everything for him probably until he commits. And so he's actually putting in an effort for this other person. So I don't know, but I just noticed that, and I'd love to know if you guys noticed that too. But anyways, let's go ahead and continue. If anything, the water bear is a rigid person when it comes to his individual modest apprende. His his ideal ideologies and belief systems might seem bizarre, a result of Uranus's rule, but the way he regiments his life in keeping such an avant-garde life philosophies is pure Saturn. Distinguished as it is by time efficiency, efficiency and taskmaster's discipline. Take communism, a political and social view that falls under Aquarian rule. It is free, liberal, and well communal on the outside, but on the inside is rife with rules and regulations based on espousing such selfishness. It's the same with Aquarius man. He rules his most free form belief systems with a firm mechanical hammer and a sickle. Fittingly, he cannot help but impose his sometimes severe ethics onto loved ones as well. Like any guru, guru he, he seduces a would-be adherent into believing that he knows what's best for her. By following his lead, she'll live life the right way. Meanwhile, Aquarius makes his lover feel special, chosen, and wrought like him of exceptional stuff. He thus anoints his partner metaphorically, sprinkling her with his divine blessings, letting her sit from his cup. Thus, he often attracts women who are seriously jacking or seriously, whoa, placking father love. Those looking for someone great to please and adore, just as he tends to turn a woman into his primary caretaker. See, very calculated shit, guys. The man is smart. Suddenly, the self-sufficient water bearer can't seem to tie his own laces. It happens time and time again. Aquarius makes a woman his host of sorts to relying on her for his daily sustenance, while he focuses fully on all those lofty universal concepts that grace or plague his mind. He insinuates himself into a woman's life on the premises he's some god of of a man who will offer guidance and protection, then he slowly turns into the 77-year-old who needs to be checked so he doesn't leave the house wearing two different kinds of shoes, especially not so attractive a trait in a 35-year-old. <laughs> Still such an inability to pay attention to the little things physically means that Aquarius is achieving certain greatness on a universal scale. So to me, this sounds like basically he needs a slave in my opinion, um, (laughs) I mean, it's okay to do things for your man, but it's just, like, like, how is it that I'm to stay home, like, not stay home, but why is it that I gotta do everything for you while you're able to achieve your dreams, you know, that's, like, not really thinking about anyone else, but yourself, kind of, so, 
yeah anyways um the 11th house is that of the love one love one receives as compared with the fifth house of the love one gives associated with aquarius's so-called opposite sign of leo both signs are preoccupied with authority which of the aquarian often translates into his desired sexual activities the passionate leo who is very vanilla in his erotic tastes and if you have not heard the leo episode yes please for the love of god check that one out because that one um it was really surprising uh it basically um it basically it was just disappointing because you know like leo is like the king of the zodiac let's be real so i was expecting them to be like you know freaky like doing some different things like you know, liking to try different things, but they're very dominant, and they enjoy just doing, like, basic vanilla shit, like it said. Anyway, I, dig- I digress. So, it says, a passionate Leo who is very vanilla in his erotic taste would be shocked to know what the dispassionate Aquarian gets up, up to in the bedroom, provided, of course, this setting isn't too banal and cliche an environment for the water bearer to perform in. Needless to say, Aquarius is probably the least emotionally involved sexual persona. Oof. For starters, he isn't above screwing his way to the top, since such behavior can't touch him personally. Uranus rules over the 11th house is associated with freedom via repression, which sees the Aquarian being able to move on a dime in a life by perpetually squelching his feelings, something to which an ex-wife of a water bearer will undoubtedly attest. He tends not to exhibit the slightest remorse at ditching relationships that were decades in the making. We see this dynamic, too, in his sexual exploits. As he will travel to the farthest reaches of the erotic activity, while his active actual role in such scenarios remains incredibly restrained. For instance, a signature Aquarian sexual proclivity leans toward disciplinary action, such as spanking a partner, if not something more extreme. So what um, was Christian Gray's sign? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think it's a Gemini, isn't it? Didn't they say he's a Gemini or a Virgo? I don't know. It'd be interesting though to know that. Anyways, I digress. Okay, he is also infamously turned on by humiliating a mate. Indeed, the water bearer might only might own several sets of rubber sheets but never involve himself in anything more so-called perverted than zipping his fly and reliving himself relieving himself on a playmate what the fuck ew and all too graphic an expression of uranus's golden showering rule that's fucking sick like <laughs> i mean what is r kelly <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. Let me check that real quick. I don't know about you guys. I'm all for being, like, fucking a freak in the sheets and shit. But that's where I draw the line. Like, you're not fucking pissing on me. You're not shitting on my chest. You're not going to throw, like, vomit all over me. And, yes, surprisingly, there are some people who are into those kind of kinks. I'm not the bitch for that. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not the one. Oh, he's he's a Virgo. I would love to know his chart. I really would. But um, 
Yeah, I that shit's not sexy to me. It it just is not sexy at all. Um Actually, no, never mind. It says he's Oh my god, guys. <laughs> oh shit. So it says he's actually a Capricorn with a fucking Aquarius Venus. <laughs> and as you guys know, this that's fucking hilarious that your Venus sign is what you find attractive and sexy, you know, uh, you know, sexually, like what's going to turn you on sexually. And he's a fucking Aquarius Venus. Tell me astrology is not fucking accurate, dude. Like, tell me it's not. That is so hilarious. Oh, anyways, that's crazy. Um, to this self, to this self-appointed God, even his tinkle should be considered manna, as if sprinkled from from on high. Bullshit. Um, but if you're into that stuff, do you boo? <laughs> but that that shit's gross. He is no milk milk milquitose sexual character to be sure indeed the more pure and nightly our aquarian galahad might seem in public the more purite and kinky he may be in private but here's the rub aquarius generally perceives his relationship as being part and parcel of his public not his private life his wife therefore will generally not be the one squealing and squeaking around on those rubber sheets or wrapped from head to toe in latex. Indeed, she might find herself increasingly sexually wanting as her relationship with an Aquarian man progresses. Though he does sexually deviate more than most, a direct result of his skewed planetary rule, the Aquarian's erotic scope tends to be incredibly focused and specific. As with his ideological views, his fixed air sign burnishes his thoughts into preoccupations. As he is hands down the most monomaniacal individual on the astrological, the astrological wheel, sex with Aquarius always smacks of a mindfuck. Internet chat rooms geared toward a sexual interest were made for Aquarius as he can democratically indulge his desires with an increasingly variety of people, not just a male cyber slut. Aquarius will meet women for anonymous real-time sex as well, preferring one-shot deals rather than casual ongoing sessions. Given his trademark hands-off interaction, he worries little about bringing anything home to his usually doting spouse who assumes that he that her genius husband is only increasingly beyond sex. Her internal Galahad valiantly guarding his purity with mounting vigor. Truth be told, the spark tends to go out of relationships for Aquarius men very easily, and such bonds must then be sup- supplemented and fairly regu- regularly, if not daily, by these affirm- affirmation vague dalliances. But eventually he'll long for something even more. In all his sexual relationships, one thing remains certain. He likes to be considered out of reach, necessitating his lover to petition, if not beg him to bestow his sexual favors. The water bearer with his uber-idealized vision is perhaps overly concerned with the form or look of love rather than the actual content of his relationships. Like most people, he enjoys the beginning of Bond's best, the thrill of newness. 
But unlike others, he tends to become so attached to the feeling of freshness that he seeks to keep such heightened sensations of exaltation alive in varying ways. When it comes to marriage or a primary relationship, he tends to act like a neophyte on a job where so long as he's still going through some kind of orientation, he won't have to really dig down and do the work of managing the business of, of love. The Zodiac's work from work, everything seems new to Aquarius, and he engenders that most that much more affection from his mate, who at least for a time sees his boyish exuberance as charming and without guile. He, he keeps his bond superficial, becoming so lost in the courtship aspect of love that it might border on the ridiculous comorating every minute anniversary with gifts or a celebratory dinner or getaway. He is so over the top in his praise, flattery, and very formal public displays of affection for his femi that that strangers might assume he and his mate were one on their honeymoon rather than just running day-to-day errands. Quotidian existence you see is too ho-hum for our parvenu dwellers of olympus and he does whatever he can in his demeanor to heighten even the most common circumstances more times than not aquarius partners will be the type of woman who requires this brand of constant lift service lacking at least initially the ability to cope with deeper feelings and life challenges it's as if when it comes to marriage in particular aquarius leaves the proverbial building just after the preacher or justice of the peace says for better or enough said he thinks another symptom of his need for thrills is that signature poking if not actually screwing around for one can only be described as adoration of the masses aquarius is 11th house associating a global relationship and large-scale masses large-scale community means that blanket not individual attention is really what this man really craves like a, like a many-wived zealot cult leader, he never stops seeking new brides to add to his conceptual harem. Everywhere he goes regularly, there will be installed from fawning females who affections he has fostered. There will be his favorite female fellow exec at the office, his preferred lunchtime waitress, the woman, rarely is it another man, who cuts his, his, his hair or gives him massages, and so on. Hanging in the air around him, these Gaga girls imagine is the possibility that at any moment he might swoop down and carry them away. Unfortunately, those thoughts begin to cross his spouse's or longtime companion's mind with increasingly frequency as well. In a new relationship, Aquarius will make it an absolute point to have sex with his partner nearly every day. He has an amazing ability to psych himself up whenever he needs to do so. Those cameras are rolling after all, and they expect the money shot. All the demands from his lover in return is that she expresses as much pleasure with his performance as he typically takes. He's the how-do-you-like-that-baby guy, and a woman needs to put on her most enthusiastic expression in assuring the Aquarian that sex, like everything else with him, is absolute heaven. If anyone has dated an Aquarius man, please let me know if that's true. Or fucked, rather. I've never had sex with an Aquarius guy, so I don't know. God forbid she should ever get bored. Planet Uranus signals sudden change, accident, and serendipity. And it will be along such themes that the Aquarian will make his case for having found somebody else, even after years of what appeared to be the happiest of marriage. It just happened, he'll maintain. Predator Lust swoops down and carries the water bearer off to new means for maintaining his immortality. In layman's terms, younger women. 
or men for that matter. Nobody has trickier time negotiating his own sexuality sexuality than Aquarius. It's as if being a naturally far out character, he can fairly well entertain any erotic activity. If it can be imagined, it must be true. This is the Aquarian rationale, but one that scares the bejesus out of, out of him sometimes. Like Ganymede, homosexuality is often thrust upon him in some form or another in his youth. And with the universal sign of Uranus being so naturally unbequeathed, his sexual desires are typically over the map. This is precisely why Aquarius must find his Uranian freedom in repression. Something in the case of this sign that is an absolutely good thing. So our tall and handsome Galahad with the perfect lady, wife, and 2.5 children might just as easily be taking boys out on the woodshed as bending those girls over his knees for a friendly walloping. It doesn't matter, for because he remains so completely on the surface of sexual activity, something that allows him to experiment unscathed in any number of scenarios beyond the aforementioned paddling or PP episodes, such interludes never touch him deeply. Thus, he doesn't feel defined by them. Rarely has a self-professed heterosexual Aquarian not has sex with at least one man. Rarely, too, does the essentially straight water bear ever do so with such frequency as would ever interfere with the utopian lifestyle he must obviously seems to espouse. In fact, Aquarius may repress homosexual stirrings, a tendency that later gives rise to a variety of fetishes. Since sexuality is so stigmatized by society, Aquarius might simply remove the part of himself from his programming. As planet Uranus rules homosexuality, one might say it rules homophobia as well. The male water bears are especially cagey when it comes to man-to-man contact. Such displays are measured, contained, even when he is unbashedly gay identified. Despite his sexual preference, the Aquarian native of the 11th house of acquaintances is actually more comfortable having casual and personal sex with a number of people than he is having an intimate relationship with one. This is why when Aquarius does not commit to a specific someone, he tries to keep the focus on the appearance of the bond rather than on its substance. The rain man of the Zodiac thus is more about sprinkling himself around than he is pouring himself into one certain, perhaps, limiting scenario. For the fixed air sign, the atmosphere of any relationship can seem by nature stale and stagnant. Yep, that's usually, sorry, it's freezing cold in here because it's snowing. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for my house to be done. This is like, like literally like I'm to the point where like my fingers is going numb, but I'm finishing this for you guys because I want it to be done and I want to make sure that Aquarius has their stuff on time because I love you guys. Anyways, I digress. Um... Like John the Baptist, he must spread the word, even if it is about himself, reaching as many devotees as possible. The gay Aquarian, more than most, will be a subscriber to casual, if not anonymous, sex. Since his adolescence, when he may have been made to succumb to a compromising sexual scenario, Aquarius has seen himself develop from an awkward, vulnerable chicken into a sharp-talon sexual predator in his own right, whereas other signs tend to repeat the patterns imprinted upon them in their youth. The Aquarian evolves through the experience and in an, in an effort to overcome any lingering sense of victimization because becomes a kind of obsessive or controlling sexual character. Nothing must ever impinge upon his personal freedom in the way that an unsolicited sexual episode in his youth may have. 
Aquarius silent mantra becomes, I know that such a thing must never happen again. So straight away, even when a tender Ganymede himself with a pillowy soft and ass as Rosenberg suggested in his modern art piece, Canyon, he depicted the character as a pillow suspended fixed in the air by a rope tied through its center, implying a pair of buttocks surveyed by a stuffed eagle, Zeus's totem. Perched above, the Aquarian will turn the tables and use this cheeky appeal to his best advantage. Who really is getting the better for giving the pun in of the deal? Zeus or Ganymede? Playing on his youthful allure, the young Aquarian is immediately aware of his value to powerful older men who might help rocket him to success, aiding him to avoid a year's long struggle. Indeed, the young gay Aquarian is the consummate water bearer, if not the epitomal pool boy who somehow ends up at inheriting an older lover slash mentor's estate right out of, right out from under even the closest family members. Being anything but sexually prudish certainly furthers his case. He has a homing device for power home so early on in life that he ends up insinuating himself into the life of often brilliant, brilliantly intelligent or autistic um, individuals. Not so much interested in just finding someone rich and, and influential, influential he is looking to be the Marjo Domo for a veritable god who whose talents are the source of immor- immortalization. I don't know, Aquarius is almost like the fucking freaky version of Capricorn where they seem to like kind of always look up to like people in high, you know, in high areas. I feel like no, that was more of the no, like, Sagittarius was more into, like, supermodel, like, more looks, I guess you can say. Um, but they were still with people who had really good, you know, like, higher higher part of the hierarchy. But it seems like the last three is just all into this stuff. Anyways, Aquarius wants to be past the cup of preeminence, something he will carry forth as an emblem of his own rightly inherited state of grace. He is a heaven dweller and he must live an exceptional exalted life. Most any Aquarian who is on the fence regarding his sexual preferences, as many are, will commit himself to being the lover of some great and glorious divinity of a man. Just as goodly number four Aquarian straits could easily swim in the gay pool, so too are gay identified water bears perpetually attracted to women. When it comes to labels, Aquarius shrugs, if we had to peg any tag on the water bearer of any persuasion, one would be calling him not bi nor pan, but rather ubersexual. Hmm, what does that mean? He is anything but misogynistic in his makeup as some gay male signs can be. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> like, it really doesn't. Indeed, he is neither too turned on nor turned off by the same or opposite sex. He communes with a person even sexually based on the quality of their ideas first and their gender second. Meanwhile, because men seem to him men seem to him more restrained by social obligations, the bulk of the Aquarius's man's friendships will be with women, albeit extraordinary ones, to whom he's drawn based on a certain outre aspect of personality. Simply put, gay Aquarius is one with the fa- with the fabulous female friends. Climbing his way into the cozy laps of lovely ladies who lunch those who act as patronesses in lifelong quest to evolve from the boy toy of some genius into a similarly exalted character in his own right. 
Such scenarios of sudden death and inheritance, notwithstanding those that might see him simply sipping, slipping into the vacated throne of this all too typically older lover, it is de rigor for the gay Aquarian to make a clean break from the man from whom he received his training in immortality and to start constructing a heaven of his own making. His breakups are notoriously messy, mainly because like those of his straight counterpart, they often come out of nowhere. Yes, they do. That's why I said they can fall off the face of the earth and you don't know what the fuck happened. Sometimes they need space and other times, sometimes they just never get back with you and you don't know what the fuck happened. I've heard of this a lot too. That sudden change aspect of Uranus being a painful blow to his loved ones. What he may do then is find a houseboy of his own combination lover servant just as he had been, who will now play the part of his major domo unerringly think Lone Ranger and Tonto. Sometimes this has a literal manifestation as the Aquarian is notoriously attracted to small ethnic, often Asian men. Just in case you can't quit, quite stomach the image of our proverbial mass man doing it to his faithful companion amidst grunting shouts of Kimosabi. What the shit? I don't know. That's that kind of. I don't know if that's just me. It seems almost kind of racist, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Kind of rude. It might help to realize that the bonds into which the older Aquarian enters are fairly platonic. Submission, it must be said, has always been something every Aquarian man mainly seeks to inspire. Psychologically, far more than physically, this points to a lifelong Aquarian truth. Sex is almost always just a means to an end. That the water bearer can be the most far out in his sexual activity rarely has nothing to do with his own desire. Rather, it is a symptom of his signature detachment from it. What every Aquarian male, regardless of his sexuality, seeks is ultimate authority and control on such a grand scale that, like Big Brother, it can easily go undetected. He thus makes himself available to fill the void, fixing an air of utter conviction about the relationship, hitting home the fact that he had a lover are perfectly tongue and groove. Um, fit about things to create such truth as others are forever chasing. Having no strict adherence to an ego-driven personality, there is always a sense of his being happy to be what you want him to be. That proverbial proverbial missing link in one's life. So that's it, guys. Um, so my thoughts on that. Um, it really didn't surprise me. Uh, it just, it just really didn't surprise me. It's, it's everything that I've been asked about and more for people who are either dating or crushing on Aquariuses. Um, I'm really not surprised, you know, that, I don't know, that just seems kind of unfortunate. Um, and of course this is based on sun signs. So I would, I would assume if someone has lots of Aquarius placements, an Aquarius stellium, an Aquarius um, Venus, even, um, or Mars, because they associate Mars with sex at times, and I, I just, I couldn't deal with someone who is that detached during sex to me, I need some emotions, I need love and all, if you're just there just to give me your dick, and that's pretty much it. Um, I'm good. 
But I mean, it's interesting to know that though, because like you just don't really hear many things on that. But it just, it really didn't surprise me. I felt like that was one of the most, um, how can I say this? I always forget words. I have brain farts. I, it's probably because I'm fucking hungry. Like, I did my workout before I did this podcast, and I'm fucking starving. Um, <laughs> so I can't really think. Um. I'm gonna, like, after I'm done with this, I'm definitely gonna go get me a salad and fucking cuddle up because it's fucking freezing. Sorry I'm using the F-bomb. I just noticed that. It's probably because I'm, like, freezing. Anyways, um, I guess I would say that out of the meals, Aquarius is the one that I'm not shocked about. It's actually something that I figured how they would be. Um, the ones that shocked me the most definitely though was, um, uh, was, a, uh, was Leo, to be honest, Leo's, um, and I will say Libra men too, because I didn't think that I, you know, I didn't think Libra men were like that much of kind of like, I loved how it said that they, they would turn for their partners. They can turn their body into like a, uh, an, an, an animate object you know because we are the scales we're the only inanimate object object in the zodiac and I I kind of like that shit because I was like damn you know that means that they'll let the woman like do what she does what she does what she wants to his body that'll get her to like climax and stuff you know what I mean but also be like kind of like with the rhythm that was sexy to me but yeah I feel like uh Leo was the most disappointing and surprising for me but yeah, and definitely Aquarius was the one that I suspected, so it wasn't anything shocking for me. Besides the peeing thing, though, I didn't expect that. But I'm going to go ahead and read the couplings uh, for, of course, the straight um, couplings first and the gay couplings. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Um, so straight Aquarius man, Aries woman, he was a sobering effect. Her remote nature mirrors his own. Um, each inhabits a separate sphere. The overall effect is either meditative or mismatched. Actually, they're unrestrained. Um, um, yeah, limits might be lacking. Taurus woman lurking tension requires exploration. She must clear her mind of prior expectations for him, it's time to get real. Another caveat, they must be careful not to con- constantly co- contradict each other. Saving grace, sex is stellar. Gemini woman, instant attachment. Co- codependence could be a pitfall. Emotionally bound, sexually wrapped. At best, they embody the power of positive thinking. Otherwise, unreality dissolves into disillusionment. Sexual appetites are un- unwieldy. Cancer woman, he dotes, taking responsibility for her feelings in a content process of catharsis. This couple is exhausted and exhilarated. Sexually, they're often at odds. She needs intimacy. He's happy as somewhat detached. Leo woman, an an, an edible impression is made. Their bond develops via emulation. She might mimic him. Furthering ambitious is a prime motivation. He's inventive and erotic. She needs straightforward sexual expression. Virgo woman, they're born again. A spiritual overtone exists from the t- from the start. Still, there's a forbidden element here. She may be much younger, or f- or from a distinct, distinctly different background in bed. They're like-minded and full of surprises. 
Libra woman, unusual and spontaneous, marked by constant change and intense affection. This pairing is rare. Their private, possessive lovemaking is elaborate, energetic, and all-consuming, even as a fling sex is unforgettable. Hard work, but often worth it. Restrictions are stripped away, and there's nothing to keep them from individual success. An abiding sexual attraction sustains them through inevitable rough patches. A Sagittarius woman, they meet and and lives are upside down, and at first they are formal, then suddenly it may be love and marriage. Aquarius learns to lavish attention in bed that a stumble archerist won't accept anything less. Capricorn woman, they fuse into a package deal of practicality and purpose. Still, Cap won't sacrifice her own object- objectives. They are notoriously accomplished in bed. It's an ongoing master class student and teacher roles are rotated. Aquarius woman, they feel superhuman, seeming to live in a perpetually exalted state for him. Perfection is the goal for her. The focus is to improve the human condition. Little energy is left for sex, so they might make it more priority. Pisces, Pisces woman, restoration and atonement are the keys to this committed bond. Compensation is due emotionally and financially. Life pays them back in full. Sexually, too, they're making up for any losses. Okay, so gay couples starts with Aries man. Aries might need more affection than Aquarius is inclined to offer, but when it works, individuality and independence await somehow sex stays comfortably casual. Other couples often enter the mix. Taurus man, a bond that's bound to have the ballast. Each feels he's found the perfect partner. Dynamic Aquarius introduces his bull boy to new exhilarating situations, sexual and otherwise. They raise each other's professional profile. Gemini man, Gemini's fantasy of being devoured by a big bad man. Aquarius is the sometimes scary supreme sign of the Zodiac. This is a dynamic and exhilarating ride for two intellectual inclined guys. Cancer man, Cancer directs Aquarius down a more traditional life path to the moon man. Success is measured by the money one makes. Resentment resound if creativity is sacrificed to state status sexually. Tables turn Aquarius is the authority. Leo man, they exist to support each other. Before long, Leo reevaluates his lifestyle, reconfiguring his priorities. Aquarius creates their new order. His rules take precedence. Pa- passionate love frees Leo of any doubt, self-doubt. A liberating relationship, signaling a life change for Virgo and a sex. Oh, I'm sorry, I just went on. That this is Virgo, Virgo man. A liberating relationship, signaling a life change for Virgo and a sexual awakening for Aquarius. But freedom comes at a price. Anxieties augment, and Virgo especially feels unsettled in bed. These boys believe in bad behavior. Libra man, Libra, Libra's in the market for a soulmate when he meets the water bearer, bombarding him with a detailed life history. An abiding friendship ensues, one that may not withstand the complexities of deeper commitment. Scorpio man, if seeking a support system, they might find it in each other, but turning joint point plans into actuality proves arduous they need a third party perspective, though they often drift in and out of life sex might keep them together. I gotta hurry because my headphones are gonna die. Sagittarius man. Extraordinary and passionate pair. Sadly, each may surrender his own stability. Grandiosity is a pitfall. Self-mythologizing means they live in a land of make-believe. Sexual antics often border out there. Capricorn man. Cap is afraid of being wilded by the strangest seeming water bearer, but in the balance, Aquarius champions Capricorns cause this sex life is eccentric at times, conservative, otherwise notable for its perverse nature. Aquarius man. Noticeably detached from one another. Little world wonder this uncommon double 
water bearer pair struggles to find some common emotional ground, sexually even the slightest dalliance is cause relationship. Pisces man, self-satisfied souls, finally Aquarius and Pisces quit trying to change. Spiritual pur- purity is often their mutual modus operandi. Together they simply stop stressing in bed, egos are abandoned. I'm sorry I had to read that quick, but it just gave me the signal that my headphones are dying. So I love you guys so much. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode and please take care. Be safe. Um, I love you all. I'll talk to you next time.